Hi, I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. You can tell by how short that intro is that I'm flying solo. My good friend and co-host Marissa Norcross is not with us today, so I can tell you that this podcast will not be as good, will not be as informative, and I also have to admit this is my fifth try. Hopefully she'll be with us next week again. My post this morning was entitled, How Are You at Following?, And as I was pondering what to write, I was listening to a podcast, and a senior leader that I really admire made this statement, I'm not leading this, I'm just following. And it really struck me, and and truly as I contemplated the project that he was discussing, yes, it's his organization, yes, he is the visionary and the founder, And no, he was not leading. Others were. Those that had the skills, those that had the giftedness in the area needed were actually leading that project. And it made me wonder the relationship or the connection between being a follower and being a leader. Back in in 2018, Fast Company magazine ran an article that stated this, want to be a good leader? Learn to follow. And I, and I read through that short article and I, and I thought upon the facts. You know, they, they talk about in the article that followership is the key component of leadership. Their number two point was you can't succeed on leadership skills alone. And number three, the best followers make the best leaders. And I, after reading the article and thinking about those three points, I came up with three of my own that I'd like to dig into in the, in the few minutes we're going to share together. The best leaders know three things. They know what they don't know. Think about that. The best leaders know what they don't know. In the podcast that I was listening to, the the leader clearly knew that he didn't know the technology that was needed. He didn't have the expertise that was needed to really make a difference in terms of leading the team. He was simply a follower. He was doing what he was told. This same leader, just to give you an idea of, of the technology that he's most comfortable with, he's, he's a noted author, and he writes his books on yellow legal pads with a four-color pen. Amazing content creator, amazing visionary. But when it came to technology, he was letting others lead because he knows what he doesn't know. Number two is the best leaders know who knows what they don't know. One of the things that made, in my opinion, Ronald Reagan a great president was Ronald Reagan knew what he didn't know. And he surrounded himself with people who did know what he didn't know. And history can tell us the benefits of that. So one of the ways that leaders need to to kind of get their arms around this is they really need to figure out what it is that they do best. And the, the, there's a lot of different tools you can use for this one. You know, we've talked already about the closest friend assessments. We've talked about um, strength finders assessments. We've talked about disc assessments. Do, the, do your homework. Do the hard work of identifying what it is you are really the best at. And stay in that lane. If you've got a team, use those same assessments with your team. Figure out what are they best at? What are they really good at? 
and then allow them to take the lead on those things. So number two was they know who knows what they don't know, but number three is they let others lead in their don't know areas. Great leaders have no problem letting those who know and are gifted lead. Even if it means I'm going to follow somebody else as the leader of the team. What happens is when we do this, our team recognizes some things about us. And in fact, the whole organization begins to recognize some amazing things about us as a leader. Number one is it's not about our ego. It's about getting things done. They realize that we really will invest in people that can do it better. We will find the native genius, as Liz Wiseman says in her book, Multipliers. We'll help people discover their native genius, and then we will work with those people to develop those skills and get even better at what they're doing. When we, when we allow um, others to lead, it helps us kind of make sure that our ego's in check. You know, leaders that can't let others lead have an ego problem. One of the great benefits of letting others lead in areas where we are not the best is that we now have time to spend in those areas where we are the best. Last week, I was also listening to an, an interview in a podcast, and a gentleman uh, said, what are the, asked the question, what are the two things that you do really well? And I ask you the same question. Listener, what are the two things that you do really well? What are the two things that you do best? Not what are the things you're good at, but what are the two things that you are best at? Because you may be great at a bunch of different things, but what are the two things that you are really the best in your organization at? And then ask yourself, how much time am I spending on those two things? In this interview, the the gentleman was talking about the fact that he was hired by a basketball player, an NBA player, to help him uh, improve his game so that he could sign a new contract. And after doing some research and studying some tapes, the, the, the gentleman realized that what he was really, really, what the player was really, really good at were two different types of, of shots. And so he basically said, listen, this is what you're the best at. Now, what we got to do is we got to make sure that you only take those type of shots. And so they, in this whole, whole awareness piece, understanding what the player was really, really good at, and then identifying how do I get to those specific shots, allowed him to increase his points per game dramatically and sign an exceptionally large contract based on his points scored in games. He was trying to be all things to all people, and that just isn't possible. But once he narrowed it down, he was able to determine exactly what he could do best and, and, and how he could leverage what he did best to having a better contract. So, you know, that podcast, in case you're interested is, is uh, Don Yeager's Corporate Competitor Podcast. And it was episode 93 where, um, where Don was interviewing uh, mental strength coach David Nurse on how he helps people get better at what they do. Again, they were focusing on the two things that they did best. 
So let me get back to my question for you. What are the two things you do best? The only way for you to be able to spend the time doing the things that you do best is to letting other people do things that you don't do best. So let me go over my three again. The three things that I wrote about this morning were the about leaders um, who know they're great leaders. They know what they don't know. They know who knows what they don't know. And they let others lead in their don't know areas. Now, let me share just for a few moments with you some of the sad scenarios that I've seen. I've seen leaders that aren't willing to let other people lead. And what happens is the teams just shut down. The teams wait for the quote-unquote leader to make all the decisions, to determine who's doing what and when. And, and, and if I think about it, you know, what, what would be the reasons why a leader wouldn't, wouldn't listen to their team, wouldn't let their teams lead? Clearly, they don't think highly enough of their team. They don't believe their, their team could do it. And what a terrible thing to be communicating to your team is to say, listen, I don't really think you're good enough to do this. Sadly, these organizations are stalled. They're crippled. I've heard leaders make comments like, you can't trust those hourly people. They'll steer you blind. When leaders make those kinds of statements, they're proving that they have no idea what it means to be a follower. They have no idea what it feels like to be a follower. They have lost, they've lost their ability to connect with their teams. If you want to create a high-performing organization, stop demonizing your followers. That's what we're talking about there. So some additional thoughts I just wanted to touch on. You know, the leader that can follow someone on a team has the, again, I've mentioned it before, has their destructive side of their ego in check. Let me touch here just on a minute of what I mean by destructive side of their ego. Ego is necessary for a leader to lead, but it has to be the right kind of ego. You have to believe that you can accomplish something to say, I want to lead. But there's the destructive piece of ego, and that is when ego makes me feel that I am better than someone else. You can't do it. You've got to make sure that you keep your destructive part of your ego in check. And one of the ways to know, a, a test to see if my e the destructive side of my ego is in check, am I willing to let other people lead? Being able to follow gives a leader credibility. Let me say that again. The leader who can follow is a credible leader. People will look up to this person. They will admire this person. They will aspire to be more like this person. When a leader is able to follow, he or she shows that commitment to their, their commitment to the cause is greater than to their own self-interest. Let me say that again. When a leader is willing and able to follow those who are better on the team, it really shows that that leader's commitment is greater to their cause and their vision than their own self-interest. The other thing that happens is as we allow others on our team to lead, they really begin to blossom 
and grow as leaders. And then we can see who will be, who are those emerging leaders, who will be the next leaders that will be leading our organizations. It becomes a really powerful tool. And another thing, just in closing, the leader who chooses to follow affirms the values they see in their team. When I'm willing, it's one thing for me to tell people I have a great team. It's another thing for me to follow people on my team in certain aspects of the, of, of the, the course of our business. Because when I do, I'm affirming to them and others that I believe they are the best at what they do and that I am willing to subordinate a lot of my own ideas to theirs because I believe theirs are best. I think for me, the day that I realized I needed to be a better follower was the day I became a much better leader. It, it meant the day that I started believing that other people's opinions mattered more than mine. It allowed me to invest more heavily in others because I truly saw their abilities and desired for them to be the most productive person on my team they can be. I also think that the leader that is willing to follow ends up having a much more committed team. This team is not going to be jumping ship when somebody waves a few more dollars or another benefit in the eyes of their team members. They're going to say, no, I'm staying with this person. This person not only is a great leader, this person is not only a great visionary, but this person is also a great follower. So back to my question for you. How good of a follower are you? Are you willing to subordinate your ideas to the best ideas? Are you willing to subordinate your, your leadership right? Are you, are you willing to relinquish that right to lead to those in the moment who should be leading? You give them the mantle of leadership. You give them the opportunity to rise up and lead. And when you do, when they're leading in their strengths and you're leading in your strengths, your organization's going to flourish. It's going to thrive. People will flock to your doors to work for you because they know that they will be able to be their best. Like I always say in my first session of supervisory leadership, when your team succeeds, you succeed. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. And this was The Next Page.